0: Greetings, this is John Richter, creator and showrunner for Transmissions from Colony 1. You know, as fulfilling as it is to make this show, it can be a bit daunting to handle this production by myself, hence the 7 year hiatus between seasons 3 and 4. And as a way to help keep the lights on in Colony 1, we have a Patreon! Head to patreon.com slash tfcomarspod to subscribe today. Now what's in it for you? The TFCO Patreon has two tiers. The $2 MECTI flight control staff level gives you access to exclusive extra content, including season outtakes, concept art, a personalized thank you in the show notes and episode for myself, and more if that sounds good to you, but you still want the full TFCO experience. Become a MECD crew member for only $5 a month! You get everything at the $2 level, but you also get access to original music from the show, a special recap episode of the Season 4 episode you just listened to in both audio and video form, future production diaries, and more! Also, no matter which tier you sign up at, every couple of months I will provide a poll to see what kind of additional content you would like to receive on the TFCO Patreon. We only move forward together, so I'd love to hear from all of you. Again, that's patreon.com slash tfcomarspod to subscribe at the $2 or $5 level. And I'll see you on Mars. Hello, this is John Richter, creator and showrunner for Transmissions from Colony One. With season 4 just around the corner and since it's been 7 plus years since season 3, I thought I'd do you guys a favor by providing a bit of a recap for those first 3 seasons. Because let's face it, there's a lot of stuff that went down in those 3 seasons, so this will help. Hopefully. Let's get into it. November 2036, President-elect Richard Thorpe announces his New Dawn Initiative, a new national push for permanent, sustainable settlements on other planets slash moons. That initiative would eventually transform into Mecti which means Mars Exploration, Colonization, Terraformation Initiative. Jump ahead 20 years, and on December 31st, 2056, the first manned mission to Mars, MECD-1, is attempting to land on Mars with a one-way trip. As they finish their pre-launch prep, there's a very subtle mysterious audio blip received from Earth. Since they're a little preoccupied though, this blip is more or less ignored. The landing sequence is going off mostly without a hitch. Their craft is an MMLHV, meaning Mars Manned Landing and Habitation Vehicle, with the crew assigned moniker, the WASP. As they plummet through the paper-thin skies of Mars, a very garbled, staticky message is received from Space Station Hercules in Earth orbit. Kaya Osen, the mission's communications specialist, hears the message and works to find out what it means. She attempts to send a message back to Earth, but starts having strange results. The d one crew lands safely on the surface, and everyone is jubilant. Well, almost everyone. Kaya calls several frequencies with no response. She then reveals to the crew that for reasons unknown, Mekti-1 has lost all contact with Earth. While waiting for Earth to re-establish communication, Mekti had planned for a satellite named Perception-2 to automatically launch into deep Earth orbit if communications with Earth are severed for an extended amount of time. Meanwhile, MEC-D1 decides to continue with operations, preparing for the first EVA on the surface. Commander Sam Flynn will be taking the first steps on the ground, followed by pilot Paul Kirsch and his wife, co-pilot Beth Anders. Sam takes his first steps on Mars, giving a very hokey speech while Paul and Beth can't help but poke fun. While the three crew members conduct a visual inspection of the ship and work toward their first objectives, a big Martian storm unexpectedly appears and sweeps Sam away until he's found and brought back inside with a broken arm. While Sam recovers, the rest of Mekdi1 conducts their missions, retrieving supply capsules that Mekdi had dropped for the first four missions over the past ten years. While pondering the strange garbled message Kaya received during landing, Sam directs Kaya to aim one of the comms dishes to seemingly random coordinates, in the direction of the dwarf planet Ceres in the asteroid belt. After Kaya moves the comms dish, Sam receives a PEM, an automatic message meant only for mission commanders, hence why it was sent directly to his quarters, from a hidden device these PEMs indicate some kind of an emergency event on a celestial body. This PEM simply reads PEM23-238429. Sam is at a loss, but makes the decision to hide this information from his crew until he can figure out the full picture of what's going on. Andrew Wood, MECD-1 chief engineer in the oil to Sam's water, starts to echo many of the crew's concerns about several days passing without any word from Earth. Sam tries to reassure Andrew that whatever's going on with Earth it will get resolved, and that their priority needs to be Mars now. Also, it must be said that Sam does not have a good poker face, with several members of the crew noticing that Sam's acting a bit odd and secretive and is up to something strange that he's not sharing, like telling Kaya to point their comms dish towards the asteroid belt instead of Earth. Meanwhile, members of the EVA team notice an overly bright star in the night sky. Resident astronomy nerd Walter Langston correctly guesses that this is the star, Ada Carina, Walter and the others meet in the ship's observatory, where they discover that Eta Carina, this star over 7,500 light-years away, has collapsed into a massive supernova. Paul moves the telescope to Earth. Expecting to see the bright blue marble we all know and love, they find a dark, greenish cloud-covered planet with some strange bluish glow emitting from the southern hemisphere. While three of the crew are stranded miles away with a broken-down rover that they work on fixing, Sam investigates his PEM issue, having crewmate Elena Torres help him identify the two three eight four two nine part of his message, which is the star ID number of none other than Ada Karina. The team with the rover successfully fix their ride and are hightailing it back to the Wasp before a mega storm hits. When Sam shares some Martian brewed coffee with Walter, Sam picks Walter's brain about Ada Karina. Finding out that a star collapsing into a supernova like Ada Karina could eject a gamma ray burst at whatever is even with its pole, virtually extincting anything in its path. Kaya approaches Sam demanding answers for his weird behavior. Sam complies and calls for a crew meeting. Sam addresses his crew, revealing the existence of the PEM he received, and his process of decoding it. He reveals Earth was hit by a gamma ray burst from Ada Karina. Remember that inconspicuous, ignored sound in Episode 1? That was the sound of the GRB hitting Earth. Despair breaks out. Sam tries to fight for any last semblance of morale when he accidentally lets slip that the mission of Mekti is more important than it ever was meant to be, quote, at this stage. When the crew tries to figure out what Sam meant by that comment, the Wasp is hit by some kind of massive tremor. Commence flashback, where we hear the extinction of life on Earth, a montage of people around the world and on space station Hercules in Earth orbit experiencing the one to two seconds of GRB exposure and their immediate death. Season 1 ends in a space station with failing power after being struck by the gamma ray burst, ordering mech 2 Commander Tim Conrad to launch away immediately. And that should about do it for the recap of Season 1. Tune in next week for a recap of transmissions from Colony 1 Season 2. Till next time.